welcome back to Beyond the Tavern Wall. I'm your host, Brayden Figgins. My favorite color is like a forest green. Why do you, why am I telling you that? Because that's the question I'm going to ask all of our other, all the other hosts today. Haley, introduce yourself and what's your favorite color? I'm Haley. My favorite color is green, but like specifically an olive green. Ooh. Uh, Hunter, go ahead. Hi, my name's Hunter. Uh, I like blue. A specific kind of blue or just blue? Uh, most blues, but I mean, I guess I guess royal blue is good. Okay, okay. Like BYU because that's your favorite team. Uh, Hunter. Yeah. yeah, I already asked you. Sam. Hi, I'm Sam, and I like turtles. Who's going to tell him? That's a good color. Oh, okay. Kendall. Thank you. <laughs> um, hi, I'm Kendall, and my favorite color is lavender. Whoa. Lavender. Oh, it's a great lavender. smell, too. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking about our most memorable D&D moments, whether it was the funniest situation, the most stressful situation, the most awkward situation. We're going to be talking about every single one of them because that's what makes D&D fantastic is these memories that will last forever. So let's go first. Jumping immediately to the action a minute, 41 seconds in. What is your guys's one of your most memorable experiences in D&D. can start us off. Uh, this one was actually just a couple months ago, but the current character I'm playing, Strider, is not charismatic at all. Um, and so some of the roles that you make will be using like charisma as your modifier, and I have a negative modifier. But anyways, we were talking to a devil who uh, asked me what my name is, and I told him my name was Dave. And fate would have it. I rolled for deception, and by some miracle, I got a natural 20. So this all-powerful devil believed that my name was Dave. It was the funniest thing in the world, because I'm over there. So good. Yeah, we're, they're trying to deceive this all-powerful pit fiend devil creature, and they're, like, trying to get their name and all this. Not, like, their soul name, but, like, just their normal name. And he was just, like, Dave. And it's like obviously the most fake name in the world, but he rolls a natural twenty, and it's just like the the giant, powerful pit fiend's like, ah, oh, Dave, okay, I love you, man. Like, good to meet you. And some of the best moments in D and D happen because you roll a natural twenty. One of my most memorable yeah. moments, and I just remembered this, Kendall. You'll remember this oh. when you guys were in the Knights Quarry, the the bar that had like the fighting ring. Oh yeah, and. Shen, Mitchell's first character before he died, went up to go fight against the, the champion uh, of the, the last tournament and all that stuff. And his character's a monk, so he's really good at punching things. Um, mm-hmm. But he goes up, there's just this giant minotaur as his opponent, and he's just kind of like, okay, whatever. And this is going to sound weird because it's all in our head and all that stuff, but we were all so pumped because he's like, I'm going to run up and punch the dude in the face. And he rolls a natural 20, and we all went buck wild. Like, we, we all were like, went no way! I had the bad reputation from Shrek. Well, it's not from Shrek, but on the Shrek soundtrack playing in the background. So it was like just a it total bar fight. It was so funny, and it was just perfect mm-hmm. for that moment. And I think it's a moment that's, like, lasted probably for a while in our group, and it probably would have lasted longer if Shen didn't die. But yeah. it was hilarious in that moment. It was so good. Who else wants to share? I've got a good experience. My experience that I'll share is actually from my first session that I did with this group that I'm currently in. Just entering the group, I needed to introduce my character. I play a a turtle, a big turtle person. 
and he comes in i introduce myself to everyone and i find out that i'm in the middle of a kidnapping i am kidnapping someone's child <laughs> for the sake of getting information it's like a crime lord or he, how would you describe him the child of the person who killed shen the character we were just talking about and some of the friends in the party because they were part of this like uh opposing organization and they needed information about what was going on it was very terrifying I didn't know how we were going to get away with anything like that. Thankfully, it all ended sort of okay in the end. And I love that your character was like, oh, we're kidnapping a kid? Great. I, I mean, it was my first session. I was very scared. I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I would have agreed with anything. It, it was no, actually yeah. so funny. It was, it was like experience. Dungeons and Dragons, we're kidnapping a kid. Tune in next week where we burn down an orphanage. And let's be honest, wouldn't put it past any of you guys. And they're done that. <laughs> Rude, but fair. You're like, you're not wrong. <laughs> Cast fireball. That's just kind of what you roll with with D&D is anything can happen. And sometimes the worst things will happen. Another member. Sorry, I know I just I'm saying another one. Another memorable experience that we make fun of all the time that has to do with children. It's a lot more sad. It was in the very first. None of you guys were here at this point. It was um, the original group. Our players were at this old windmill and they were talking to some people. They were hag. The people were hags, but they were disguised, blah, blah, blah. And they had ran into this town. Er, like earlier on, they had ran into this old grandma selling pies. Uh, and when people couldn't pay, they were like, hey, give me the, ch she was like, hey, give me the child. And so, but the pies were like addictive. So they would like give the child and all that stuff. And the players oh, encountered geez. that and stopped the woman from kidnapping a child. So they're at this windmill. Lo and behold, the cart and the old lady comes up the path behind them and they're like, Oh, this isn't good. So one of our friends, he's, he was a barbarian walks up to the, begins to walk up. And he's like, I attack the cart. Oh, there were kids in the cart. And oh no! That's <laughs> not good. I was so like, okay, roll to attack because I'm like, you're, if you're doing this, you're going to suffer the consequences. So he rolls to attack and his, his character was super strong hits the cart and does a absorbent amount of damage to it. And I'm like, um, you watch as blood splatters across the <laughs> ground as you see bodies of children that have been cut in half. I had mentioned that. I would that just like to say that we do not hate children here. Okay, no. go on. Yeah, we, we, oh, we, one of us does, but. How much child murder is permitted in the podcast? Um, this is <laughs> fake. This is not real. It's really sad. And I will say that literally everyone basically turned on him. Um, and I'm surprised he didn't kill him. But yeah, even the, ha the hags and the players were like, what the fetch just happened? Let's attack him for a second. Yeah, it was a probably one of the first, eh, not the first, but one of the uh, most intense, memorable moments I've ever had DMing. Or just even playing in D and D because it was so out of the blue. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> I think I think we all were. I mean, we were all very, very shocked. Okay, the game's the game. You suffer the consequences of your action. That's the thing. You do. Sometimes those consequences mm -hmm. are a lot worse than what you think it would happen. We talked about how D and D is kind of an escape from the world, but at the same time. It is still a living, breathing world. There are things that go on. It's not. It's not a fairy tale. It's not everyone happy, every happily ever after. Everyone's happy. Like there, are, it's still an organic world. Yeah. And I'm a very brutal DM when it comes to things like that. Like 
and I'm becoming more brutal because I've realized that I want the world to be organic. And if you're dealing in dark things, there's going to be dark things that happen. Yeah. Ailey, what about Ooh. you? Uh, speaking of dark things, you guys want to hear the story of how the character I played for seven years died? Yes. What? That's yeah. devastating. Were oh, they hiding was... in a cart with children? <laughs> no, no, she was not. Um, so I had started her in a different campaign. Her name was Evangeline, and she was a half-elf battle master fighter. Ooh. So she was the tank of the group. And I started her in one campaign, and she was, like, immediately killed off. We started at level 9, I think, and someone got, I think, like, a 2 on their deception roll, and everyone in the party got killed. Oh. Oh, wow. So we started a new campaign, and I was like, can I please play her again? She's, like, this is my perfect character to me. I want to play her so bad. So the DM was like, yeah, fine, whatever. So we played for a couple years, and then that DM moved to Arkansas. So I brought her into the current campaign I'm playing and just changed her backstory a little bit. And we were fighting a bunch of Sahagweens, which are fish people, basically. Is that how you pronounce it? That's how I pronounce it. I think, oh my gosh. We need a pronunciation guide episode. I think I've I think I've called it Sahaugans or something like that. But Sahaugans sounds a lot better. Oh, I can oh, wait, wait. D and D Beyond can tell me. Oh, we are both on at Sahuagan. Dungeons and Dragons what? Beyond. Yeah, it's Sahuagan. No, I refuse. I'm yep. not saying that. <laughs> Anyways, we were in a cave fighting them, and I got surrounded. I was flanked on every side. I could not move. And I rushed in to save a party member who my character was in love with. And I just got wrecked so hard. And it was devastating. And then someone hit me with their final blow. And I went down. And while I was down, they hit me again. Which is an automatic two fails to your death saves. And then I rolled a nat one. Which is another automatic two fails. Whenever oh. your character... When, yeah, whenever your character loses all their hit points, they go into a dying state, and then you have to roll a d20 to, in order to see if you are going to stay alive or just die. So, that and I sucks. Super died. <laughs> you super died. <laughs> super died. That's and so I sad. had to just, like, step away from the table and, like, go sit by myself in the living room for a while. Character deaths are Ooh. some of the most memorable moments in d and I think of uh, spoiler for Critical Role. So this character, Molly Muck, is um, well, probably one of the most interesting characters that I've ever watched. Um, Callison Jaffe is phenomenal with his character creation. His character ends up dying, and it is so emotional. What happened, what he does, and all this stuff, and just the turmoil that happened throughout the rest of their campaign because of that was so insane and just... The, how memorable that death was impacted everything else that happened in that campaign. Yeah, and he died on pretty, he died pretty early on too. I think it was like it what? was episode twenty nine. I'm pretty sure. Nerd. Which is pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. can call me a nerd. It was a solid. I knew it because I freaking loved that episode. It was so well done. He enjoys murder. I do. It's really weird. <laughs> No, Molly, Molly Mog was a solid character, and it, it, it broke my heart when he died. Yeah, definitely. And then when Shen died as well, what you guys did after the death 
was probably more powerful than anything else that led up to that point, his death and all that, where you buried him underneath the rocks. And then Daniel, we've talked about Daniel a lot because he's a really awesome role player. He wrote a eulogy on like he transcribed into Warak or something and wrote a whole like beautiful passage. I guess there's a little bit of backstory to that the day before in the game. They were taking a long rest and I rule of cooled the F out of this. So if you're a rules lawyer and you're listening to right now, sucks to suck, get wrecked nerd. Um, there was a neighboring encampment of travelers and all that stuff. It was those who were on watch. So it was Kendall's character, Mitchell's character and Daniel's character. Um, so Bass, Kendall's character went up and was trying to sneak in money to them, got caught and they thought she was stealing and all that stuff. Mitchell's character on his watch, Kendall Bast went back to talk to Shen, Mitchell's character, walked over and was just like, oh, hey, how's it going, everyone? Can I stay with you for a second? And they're like, sure, this is awkward. They kind of talked for a little bit and then eventually ended up going back to the camp and resting. And then he got um, Daniel's character, Farron, who is like, hey, watch this. So he's a bird person, like I was explaining last episode. And he flew up in the sky and he's like, can I cast light on my body to make me look like an angel? Oh, no. So oh, yeah. he comes so down fun. and he's just like, you have been visited by the thief and the traveler and blah, blah, blah. Just goes on this awesome thing. And we've it's now a joke in the whole thing, but I've made it into like folklore for the the world and all that stuff. So people will go to that spot. And try to, I mean, eventually, that spot hasn't, it's probably within like, what, a month in game time? So, but people will go to that spot and try to get visited by the traveler and the thief and the angel and all that stuff. So that had happened the day before. And then the eulogy, when Shen dies, he writes, it's like, uh, he writes, uh, the traveler gone to find his way home or something like that. So it just fits so well into the situation we are in. And we joked about the traveler and all that stuff. And we joke about Shen's death a little bit. But that that oh. part itself is very respected and almost sacred to us. Yeah. I was on my honeymoon, so I didn't. Oh, yeah, you were there. The I wasn't there. Yeah. I came back. I came back and everything had gone to crap. Yeah, you came back and you it were an alcoholic. It was literally the gif from Community where Troy comes in with the pizza everything's and everything's on fire. On fire. Yeah, exactly. I love that meme. It's a great gif. Um, it is a great gif. It is a gif, my friend. I will find you. And what? And uh, yeah. Pull in the comments. Is it gif or gif? I will, shove a, <laughs> I will shove a bottle of a bottle. It's a freaking container of gif down your throat. Gif <laughs> is a peanut butter. <laughs> All right, Kendall. Um, so my most memorable D and D moments, I feel like, have been moments when you have just ripped the rug out from under me. So there is going to be a lot of explanation with this. So my character is a cleric who is basically just a huge simp for their god and has sworn an oath. Major simp. Well, not define simp. simp. Uh, mayonnaise on an escalator. Simp. Hmm. an escalator. You're all wrong. It's squirrels in my pants. Squirrels. Hey, man of cultures. <laughs> no. Um. Basically, yeah, a cleric is just somebody who dedicates their life to their certain deity. And my character is super obsessed with hers, and she thinks hers is the end-all, be-all, the best one, right? And so she gets a vision from her god saying that she needs to go find this certain item in order to save her home. And uh, she's extremely determined to do that, but 
Brayden, like the guy he is, you know, the, the, the DM guy. The sadist I am. Yeah, he, we had, it was like a year and a half into the campaign or something like that. And it was a major part of our like story arc. Like that's what you guys yeah. were, like you guys were looking Huge. for this item. It was our main goal. We've been researching, trying to find answers about where this item is. And then we find out it doesn't exist. Yeah, so they're looking for this. It's called the Tell Feather of Eternus. Is like Eternus was the first phoenix, and they go on this whole like pirate arc to try to find the pirate king who knows information about it. And they eventually find the pirate king, sit down with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I know information about it. It doesn't exist." Yeah, and I I had cast Zone of Truth. Ooh. So he he so couldn't he lie. Lying. Period. Yeah. Good spell. Yeah, and I like I I am not bast, but I felt like somebody punched me in the chest. It was insane. It um, was. And then. Go ahead, sorry. And then another one was actually yesterday. That shocked me. <laughs> um, so yesterday we was a are, fantastic session. It was so much fun. Um, so yesterday at the time we're recording this. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my character has been gone through a huge crisis of faith. Because like, why would her God tell her to go get this thing that doesn't exist? And all this stuff. And so she's been trying to, like, rededicate herself to her god, trying to give her the benefit of a doubt. And um, she's kind of regaining her love for her god. And we find out that the big bad, the only way to resurrect him is to use the blood of a god. And my god had been growing weaker and weaker. And this, this minion of the big bad was just like, yeah, we need this, this, and this, and then the blood of a god. And then it just dawned on me, and I role-playing, I was like, the blood of a god, my god, and then the bad person just like, how do I describe this? She just had a sinister smile, and in that moment, I knew that this was my character's breaking point, and so she just tried to jump and kill her, which is very out of character. But moments like that where your character has changed forever. I had been planning that reveal for a while now. Had you put it together at all? No, I had no idea. Yeah, so I had been planning on that whole thing in order to bring back this big bad evil guy. The BBEG, big bad, whatever you want to call it, stands for big bad evil guy. Um, kind of like your main villain of the campaign, if you make a campaign like that. Um, in order to do that, in order to bring back a god, you need the blood of a god kind of deal. And I was like, oh... I kind of had already planned for Cleotha to kind of, her god, to kind of die out. There was a crazy session last night. Uh, devils attacked the planet, the city of Sigmus that they're in, a massive, like, almost 1920 Chicago kind of feel, got exploded by arcane energy, like, insane, Whoa. just everything. Crazy happened. lady yeah. floating in the sky. Yeah. Like. Really, really cool. And then just be like that pinnacle of, the, like, your god is dying as well. I was very proud of it, and I will be honest, every single thing, I had a little bit in my mind, but majority of that was improv. Really? Yeah, I will, like, awesome. Serdrex was, this is meta-knowledge to the T. Going into that session, Serdrex was the informant to the Court of the Dragon, which is an organization in my world. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like Serdrex. What if we have a redemption arc for him, even though he's a terrible person, there's no redeeming terrible people who murder a ton of people, but what if we have him do something good and he's trying to make better? What if he's not the informant and this person who they thought was dead that Cedric was talking to was the informant and was the person they had to find. So yeah. it was fantastic. It was awesome. It was, it was insane. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Bast will be going into her goth phase for sure. Yep. It's it's, <laughs> it's not a phase. She went through her alcoholic phase to her goth phase. Yeah, let's go. She is a raging alcoholic. Um, hey, that is you can't true. say that she's boring. You're right. No, th- th- and again, there's a reason uh, Bass is one of the main focuses right now is because Bass is fun to uh, uh, create mess her with? mess with, but also <laughs> to build the story around. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's really prominent for the story as well. I, I will let you toot your own horn, Brayden, but two sessions ago in our campaign with the with the boat. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. This was fantastic. You want, oh, you want me to tell us a story? Yeah, go for it. Go yeah, okay. I, I don't understand oh my gosh. Um, Haley and Hunter's group died. And, but I was like, they're too young into the story where I was just like, let's have them wake up in hell. I've always thought like an escape from hell campaign would be kind of dope. They woke up on the boat of the damned, sung across the river Styx, which is in the nine hells, which is hell. It's, it, we Maybe one day I'll do a whole lore session. And I'll just talk to you guys about the lore of Kerrigan. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure this all out. Um, but they're going down or just D&D lore or whatever. So they're riding this boat and they're dead. Like their bodies are wrapped in like funeral linen, linens and all this stuff. They're selling cross to go to whatever destination the gods will it to be. They escape from the boat because in, in D&D lore, there's a massive war between demons and devils called the blood war. So demons are jump on the boat because the devils are driving the boat. So they want to kill all the devils. Uh, so the players escape and... They go on a little bit, and eventually, as they're trying to find their way out of hell, they're following the river Styx, and they see the boat crashed on the shore, like, up against a rock. And I'm like, you guys can go down and get it. And the moment Strider, Hunter's character, gets on the boat, I turn on a timer. And I'm like, you have seven minutes. Try to get to all your stuff. Hunter stresses. And every time... it was bad. (laughs) It was insane. And every time he fell to roll, I lowered the time down. So I was like, oh, no you fell that road and you have six minutes, 30 seconds because the boat is slowly sinking into the river sticks. So oh my gosh, he goes insane. and he begins to. And again, it sounds so weird talking about it because it's all in our head. But it's that's I've said it a thousand times before. You tell epic stories from Dungeons and Dragons and it's moments magic. like these that make them epic. Yeah, that's the magic of Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. Really, it it sounds a little silly, but when you're in it, it you're in it and it feels real. Oh, 100%. So Strider, Hunter's character, goes below deck and finds a chest on the other side at the very front of the deck, up front of the ship under on the lower level. He almost decides not to go for it, not to risk it, which would have been understandable, but all of their stuff was in the chest over there. I made him roll a few checks, rolling a d20 and adding whatever modifier I called. Um, barely made it, by the way. Barely makes it across. Yeah. And he has probably like two minutes, a minute left. And I'm like, with the time you have, I will allow you all to get one item. It was like three small items, two medium items, or one large item. They could not get every single one of their items back. So they had to make the tough decision of how am I going to survive in hell and what do I need to survive? A lot of them chose their weapons or their ability or what, or their spellcasting focus, which allows them to cast spells. So... It was just so intense because it's just like, oh, by the way, all of that just happened. Strider could die, and now you're in hell with nothing. Yay. Like, Welcome to Yay. hell. It was a very cool moment because, I mean, I, I did not expect that kind of thing to happen. I, I didn't even 
know going in that our stuff was on that ship, I was like, all right, I'm just, I just need to find something of use to us because we're walking in this abysmal wasteland with nothing. We had and sticks this... as weapons. You, yeah, you found like a rusty oh, pickaxe. Oh, yeah, you had a magical blade that always is with you, so it's a little different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but they found you like... You stole that from Percy Jackson. No, it's not a pen, though. It's a... I actually stole it from League of Legends. Okay. Thank you. Here's out of thin air. Oh, yeah. sweet. Thank you, uh, League of Legends, for your wonderful... <laughs> shout out, sponsor us. Shout out, sponsor Riot Games. Um, let me ask a question for Haley and Hunter. What were your guys' thought process as that was going on? Stress. Stress. How so? Stress. Like, what were you guys oh, thinking my. about? Well... Here's the thing is there are still a lot of times that I struggle to differentiate between what Strider would do and what I would do. Because especially like when you first present me with the, the chest being on the other side of the, the bottom of the ship, my thought is just screaming, no, it's not worth it. If you slip and fall, you're going to die. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But in the end, and a little bit of bullying from Haley, credits to you. Um, it's because we made eye it. contact and Haley knew what was in the chest. I knew exactly yeah. what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> nah, DM I, I to think, DM. Honestly, yep. I, I do think, honestly, deep down, this, the situation that we're in, Strider 100% would have gone for it. We need things to survive, but lots of stress in that moment. Yeah. While you were doing that whole thing, I was worried, like, we're going to lose Strider. It's just going to be me and Hester in hell. I don't know how to get out of here. I'm not a survivalist. We absolutely <laughs> depend on Strider for that. Yeah. And then when I found out our equipment was in there, I was so incredibly stressed out because I also play a cleric. So I need my spellcasting focus, but I also need my armor. Man. For sure. Imagine and knowing that I could not have both was so nerve wracking. Like I was sick to my stomach. And I, I will say, uh, I did try to find a loophole so that we could keep all of our stuff. I tried to use the sword to break open the deck of the ship and see if I could, like, throw the chest out or somebody. Do I, I don't even know if any of us have Mage Hand, but... No. Uh, Ember okay. might. Rip. I, I thought oh, she no, she does. Uh, She's an arcane sure. trickster. Sweet. That would have been... I Actually, I won't keep that in mind because it's not my character. Yeah, I, I, I tried to find a loophole to keep all of our stuff, and I almost ended up sinking the ship by trying to break that, that deck. But it was really well well done even though it was just absolutely absolutely improvised on the spot yeah it was completely improvised i've learned that i yeah, work so better in chaos than anything else i was like oh they find the ship oh it's sinking i guess they they would have like time oh i'm gonna pull out a a timer and we'll see them and that panic was the worst part when you pulled that timer out and set it in front of us oh. terrifying yep so if <laughs> it ever happens again you know yeah. yeah and that was the moment that i decided Huh. I like being a rude DM at times. Welcome to hell. And I've made the, the camp God both conflicts. campaigns a lot more brutal. <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of sure. like it better that way though. Oh, 100%. It's way more fun. You don't want a game that's too easy. No. Yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm on your guys' side. 100%. I'm on your guys' side and I want you su to succeed. Like I want you guys cuz I have the story and I want the story to be told, but I also want you guys to have fun. So I'm not just going to kill you guys all the time. But if the if the game is too easy, it's not fun. If there's no exactly. consequences, if there's no difficulty to it, it's not like a video game where sometimes you want it to be easy and all that stuff. It's it's real life. Like you want your character to potentially die at times. Like I I'm like I want those consequences to happen. When I played, I was like, if I make a major mistake and my character dies, that is all my fault. Yeah. 
And so I'm surprised Bast hasn't died yet. I have been. It's I I need to stop doing this. I protect not I protect try to protect all your characters. And sometimes I will kill character. It's it's a problem I have. I will have a power. So for example, when Shen died, Serdrex was the power killer. I made him super strong for the off chance that he could kill someone. Was that the best thing to do? Probably not, but I wanted to prove that he had power and mm-hmm. that he was strong and that he was not just some normal bandit you find on the street. This guy was a full-fledged murderer, a full-fledged bad guy kind of deal. And I felt like I did it by killing someone. I felt like I kind of put that in. Um, but it was, there are times I look back and it's like, that probably shouldn't shouldn't have happened, but it happened and you can't do anything about it now. Is there a uh, moment like that, uh, Sam and Kendall, moment like the whole ship thing that had you guys like stressed or oh definitely when we were underwater i knew you were going there yeah um so we we needed to speak with this pirate king and turns out just correct me if i'm misremembering but turns out they like meet at the bottom of the ocean so we were in this magical ship that could let us breathe air and we went to like this whole underwater city and it was really cool um think of atlantis yeah but oh i forget how it happened um so you guys made your way or sam do you remember i remember sort of we got a cool boat i know that and at some point yeah the it was a it was a magical boat we had a anomaly within the boat that let it kind of bend to our will for whatever we needed it to be think like the magic school bus and okay. we needed uh, to. <laughs> I love to make comparisons to the silliest things for what I see in your campaign. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It's hilarious. I, I won't talk about Poltron though. Shut just up, because this to is literally Poltron. <laughs> I, I'll save you the Poltron embarrassment. Oh my gosh. Um, but the question was the boat. How did we get down there? We needed the boat to be able to dive. So with our collective willpower, all of the magic users, we. We seduced the boat to do what we needed it to. In a way, I, I guess I guess you could put it that way. Uh, basically, they Daniel definitely did. Well, yeah, that's another story for the day. Daniel's in yeah. love with the the anomaly aboard the ship. Um, and if you don't, so you you wouldn't know because it's my world. In in the world, there's a bunch of different like anomalies. They're like bluish orbs full of ar- ancient arcane energy, and they are just part of the world and all that stuff. And the ship was able to harness some of the power of an anomaly to make it do magical things like repair the boat by its own. It could sail on its own, but it's a magic school bus, I guess. So they, they were able to input enough arcane power to cast water breathing for the whole ship and then make it become a submarine in a sense. Yeah, Mm. it was really cool. But, um, Anyway, we confront the Pirate King, and he's all like, hey, you're going to be dinner for this egg. And we were like, that's not happening. And we fought our way out. No, you're missing and- You're missing the biggest part. You're missing the Ooh. biggest part, and I mean that both in size and story. What are we missing, The Storm then? King. The, not the Storm King, the, the Storm Giant. The Storm Giant. Yeah. yeah, the storm giant. So the mm-hmm. so the storm giant. So the the underground. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember yeah. what the name of it You're was. Good. Uh, there's an underground temple to a kraken egg, and the pirate king brings sacrifices because his goal is to make sure that as the pirate king to make sure that that kraken egg never opens. 
So he's kind of like put this Kraken cult to um, in a hypnosis state where they allow him to do, do kind of what he wants so that he can protect it. And so he's like, oh, hey, you guys are here. We captured you. You guys are going to be uh, the sacrifice this time. So the storm giant was taking them back to um, be prepared for the sacrifice. One of the players, his name is Parker. That Well, the, char- the character's name is Parker, played by the other Raiden. And he he had been talking to me beforehand. I was like, hey, I might want to play a new character. Like, if you can find a way to get my character to leave, like retire the character is what I call it. Let's do that. And I was like, okay, we'll figure out a way. So, gosh, back, there's so much backstory that needs to be set up for all these things. I know. Um, Parker's character and his backstory uh, had made a deal with this uh, lesser deity known as Zelray the Fallen Angel um, and was learning magic and all that stuff from her before he decided to turn away and learn magic from the college in Sindarin. But he had still had connections with this lesser deity um, and had been contacting her a lot more trying to figure out what's going on. And they're going down this aisle and he hears the chains that are the signature of this fallen angel. And so he's like, I make a break for it. And he starts running down the hallway and the storm giant chases after him, throws a lightning bolt and the lightning bolt right before it hits, Zelray appears and catches the lightning bolt in her hand and it controls the energy and shoots it back at the storm giant. And then this massive battle where the party is now on the sides with this lesser deity who is stronger than all heck, basically. Like it, it, it... one of the most powerful be- deities in the whole entire planet um, is now on their side fighting the storm giant. And she, it goes back to the, this is a power statement that the DM is putting in that I'm putting in of like, by the yeah. way, you are trifling with powers beyond your control kind of deal. Yeah. It was, it was super intimidating where this evil demonic angel takes out and takes control of the storm giant, makes him a servant to her. And then is like Parker, go as she opens a portal and points for Parker to leave. So Parker decides to join her uh, as a a debt owed to her and Parker disappears. And then the last thing that she does to kind of stop what's going on is she begins to destroy the temple, uh, causing it to run down as you guys, as water's filling up the temple, you guys have to make bottom of the ocean yeah so you're at like the bottom of the ocean pressure yeah about to crash down upon us yeah so they had to make their way out while you're saving the captain of their ship's kid who were kidnapped as well and there was oh, well not kid i guess it was family because we're not we don't just kidnap children okay i know it, it seems like it, like it kind of sounds like it that sounds so <laughs> no it was the family that got kidnapped and so happened to be his wife and kids okay had to save them and get them there while escaping and saving your own skin and all that stuff, eventually they do make it out as the temple just collapses under them. And just the power of Zelray was really just shown at that very moment. Yeah, and I decided to be a little poop too. And I was like, wait, I'm oh, yeah. not leaving without talking to the Pirate King. And my in-game boyfriend had to drag me out because I was being stupid. Yes, you did that. But then also you did something like you said something to Zelray and she just killed you, like straight up murdered you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put you into dying state. Like, was just in a sense another thing of power. She just cast power word kill and you died. And then you were revived. Yeah. Goodness. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because was, my nope. character does not. She just says what she wants. Yep. So. She, she learned at that moment. She's an alcoholic. 
mess Pardon around me. and find out, kiddos. Literally oh, what it was. I have another one. Yeah, go ahead. I have another one. This one's pretty dang funny. So my character, she when she is not from the continent that we are currently on. And before she came to this continent, she lived on this secluded oasis with a bunch of Leonins, which are basically just giant humanoid lions. Pretty dang cool. Um, she's not a giant humanoid lion. She's a half elf. No, she's but... half cat. No, no, she's not. She's a cat. No, she's not. Anyway. She's a cat. Um, one day, this guy just stumbles into the oasis out of nowhere, which is like, it happens, but it's like once every 50 years that that happens. And then uh, basically she hides him because she's afraid that they're going to like make him leave because he's oh so beautiful. Prince and Caspian. Basically, yeah, the P Prince Caspian. Am I right, ladies? Yes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I feel validated. Anyway. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Also, I would like to make it known that my husband kind of looks like Prince Caspian. Anyway. And confirm. You can confirm all of it, can't you, Hunter? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, he finds out that they have treasure there, and so he knocks her out, betrays her, and takes all of their treasure. And As a good man and... does. Yeah, as a good man does. Years <laughs> and years later... He was the gold later... digger this time. <laughs> Years and years later, uh, she is reunited with this man, and after adventuring together for a bit because of circumstances, uh, he starts to confess his love for her. But at the time, we were around the table, and we had a friend visiting. And this is supposed to be, like, an emotional, heartfelt, like, moment because she doesn't trust him anymore, but he's changed, and there's this whole thing, and he's expressing his love for her, and I then... Our friend, I don't know what was going on. I guess he had a bad burrito and the walls were super thin, but he was having a terrible time in the bathroom. So Brayden's <sighs> role-playing, <laughs> Brayden's role-playing this heartfelt um, love confession. And in the background, we just hear, oh my gosh. And it was the funniest thing in the world. He was like pounding on the wall. And he's just like, I'm pooping. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> in that voice, too. Like, like dead, that. dead serious, that voice. So he started off like that. But then I guess he ate something bad because he was like in pain. No, that that came later when he was sitting down and he got a Charlie horse in his leg. And it was Charlie horse is hurt. Don't get me wrong. But he's on the ground screaming and yelling <laughs> and it ruined the mood i was so upset i was like dude are you kidding me i get it hurts but calm the fetch down you don't have to be screaming right now <laughs> no okay i know for a fact he was like in pain and yelling when everyone was like i love you because i wrote it in my diet in my journal oh really it was so dang funny oh yeah. my gosh it was because you were like because we were on a ship at the time and we were like let's keep that in one of the crewmates ate something bad like that's actually canon someone in the background is having a very hard time it freaking was it was so hilarious man's just fighting demons one of my recent favorite memories i'll just fit this in um was a little one shot Haley. sadly you weren't there um i think you would have really enjoyed these two characters oh yes our, our very wonderful host sam and kendall uh 
honestly, just the entirety of the session, I remember I was I left that session with a headache because I was just laughing so much and so oh, hard. I'm glad. It, uh, honestly, the, I wish I could have been there for your timer on the table moment. Oh, it was stressful. Kendall and Sam, do you want to explain your characters? Yeah, please do. Sam and I, for some reason, we got in our heads that we should be rats. And then we were like, oh, what if we were like the yin-yang of rats? So I play a pretty good goody-two-shoes character. So I was like, I want to be the dark necromancer one. And then Sam was like, I'll be the cleric. And then I knew that I wanted my character to just be insane. Because that's just, I just wanted something completely different from my current character. And so I started to play her as insane, but my wonderful husband, Sam, started playing along. And we're using like these New Jersey, these like, I don't know if it's New York or New Jersey accents. I don't know what accent it was. It was, it was something. It was kind of like a, a mix between New York and Jersey. Yeah. It was somewhere in there. Oh, I'm missing like the most important part. So we decided that our rats would be a rat king. Which, if you don't know what that is, it's a real thing where rats that are crowded together, their tails get tangled, and then they are stuck together. So it's just kind of like a ball of rat. Yeah, so, it was it was a nightmare. It was a mess. It was fun. It, it was, was hilarious. So funny. And then we just, we were just improving, and then at one point, I think it was Sam, decided, hey, we have another rat attached to us, but he's dead. But we kept talking to him like he was alive. And It was Dave. Dave. It was Dave. Dave. the rat. Mm-hmm. So that was really, really fun. It was hilarious. It was so funny because they're like, because everyone, it literally was like this, the king rat, and they're like, oh, Dave, let's go. And they're like dragging the rat along. Everyone's like, guys, they're dead. It's just like, don't talk about Dave about like that. Like, oh, they got so offended. Uh, we, we would also be yeah. prompting the other players to talk to Dave as if he was alive. Yeah, and then it's <laughs> at random points, I would just turn around behind my shoulder and I would just say, Dave. Yeah, it was, it, was just, it was hilarious. It was so fun. To, to add a layer to it, though, you guys animated him at one point, so he we was did, technically okay. alive. <laughs> we did bring him back from the dead we so animated. we could continue the bit. Oh. And we, we, had, we had several spells to do that. There was reanimate dead, and yeah. we had talk with the dead. What, what's that one called, officially? Uh, speak with dead. Yeah. So we had that, too. So he could just, like, respond to us in simple answers. So like, hey, Dave, you having a good time, buddy? Oh, Dave, Dave. forgot his bag. <laughs> Dave, where's your bag? <laughs> we that was, we was turned what really could have been a very shot. serious one shot into a mess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's but what was, we do. One, one favorite shots. part about one shots, though. Go for it. I was just saying, that's my favorite part about one shots. They're just absolute chaos, always. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're a fun way to get to try out, like, your different classes, different races, and just a different play style, because, I mean, you've heard a little bit about Strider, how he's kind of the super broody, like, angsty team, in a way. Um, But the character I play for this one-shot, Xavier, kind of this older wizard, he is a functioning alcoholic, who is basically (laughs) a single father to these two delusional rats. This this angsty, (laughs) lying teenager. Oh, yeah, three. three. Pardon me. And then this druid who likes to to shapeshift and cause chaos so it, yeah, it, it was, was it was a lot of fun it was. it was it was chaos and it was great i have so many proud dm moments uh kendall you'll remember this one and we're going longer and i'm fine with this because this is a lot of fun to talk about and i think um yeah. it was the very beginning of this campaign when we were very focused on spiritualism and like the ghost and the dead and all this stuff and i had been reading 
well, listening to a lot of podcasts about like the spiritualism movement in the 1800s. So it was purely focused on like mediums and all this stuff. The party was investigating this mysterious death and this mysterious woman who like ghostly banshee, a banshee who had appeared and were like very fraudulent. The medium and this banshee were together and it was fraudulent, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they're investigating this thing and they figured out that the medium's wife had been killed. So you guys had been uh, discussing and well, I guess you'd been knocking on the wall because you guys had heard rapping on the wall and communicating with the spirit. So you're like, oh, what if we make a Ouija board and try to communicate with the spirit there? And I'm like, oh, great. We're about to perform a real seance. And I'm not OK with that. But it was really fun because I was the ghost. So it was totally normal. Uh, if you're into that stuff, you do you, homie. So one of our friends gets a paper out, writes A, B, C, D, the whole alphabet done, one, two, three, all, all that you'd have on a Ouija board. And I get a, a rock or something and I pretend to be this ghost. And they'll ask me a question and I'll spell it out and they figure it all. And they learn that the spirit is actually the spirit of the dead wife. And yeah. they learn that she's actually been captured. Her spirit has been captured by this, the woman in white, the banshee. And as they're, they're discussing all this stuff, I begin to, without them asking a question, I begin to move the... Uh, Peace, and I start spelling out, "She's here." Oh, and then oh, it sent chills down my spine. The moment that happened, I then grabbed the paper and ripped it up in front of them, and it was the best reaction I've ever received in any Dungeons and Dragons campaign or session. When they all literally like jumped out of their seat and they were scared out of their minds. It was so fun because we, I scared them. And they were terrified, and it was fantastic. <laughs> and it, it was just so, so good. And I am so proud of myself, and I'm tooting my own flipping horn this uh, episode, it, and it. I do not care because I am proud of that one. <laughs> god complex, it's becoming too powerful. I, I, oh, no. I think I do have the a god DM complex, god complex. I'm dead serious. Oh, I think no. I do. It's a problem. I think, I think it's, it's healthy to have a little bit of one. Because, I mean, you are <laughs> controlling this whole world, but, like, yes. don't let it get too out of control. I was talking a little bit about outside of D&D &D as well, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... He true. makes us call him daddy whenever we're in public. It's really yeah. awkward. I, I want to make sure you, that you guys know and everyone knows their place in my life and in society. Like, I am the the daddy, the OG. Hey, Mom. Mom, can you come pick me up? I'm scared. She's not here. I'm scared. Oh, fetch. <laughs> can't save you now. Hunter, do you remember when we outsmarted Brayden? Oh, yes. I think you get to tell this because it was your character that made the whole plan work. Um, so my character for Brayden's campaign is a changeling, which is a fae character. And everyone always knows don't make deals with the fae. Because they're going to find loopholes and they're going to, like, own your soul, basically. And we were making a deal with someone. This was when I first joined the campaign. So I had no background information on anything. I had no idea what we were doing. I was just here for the vibes, Yeah, basically. your group was really bad at telling you anything that was going on. I don't think you got they got your name for, like, two sessions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't. That sounds about right. Um, but we were making a deal... With the leader of a... I still, as Haley, have no idea what is going on. They're a paranormal <laughs> investigative organization. Yeah. 
Sure. The SBK Foundation. You know, yeah. in a world full of magic, what is paranormal? <laughs> That's true. That's true, Ew. to be honest. It was, it's paranormal, and maybe not paranormal, but like oddity. Like when something mysterious or crazy happens, they get there first to kind of learn and harvest the power. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we were making a deal with the leader of that, or the leader of that branch. Medusa complex, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the Medusa complex. You know, I'm pulling up my notes. That's sick. <laughs> That's a cool name. Thank right? you. It is a sick name. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, did Brayden make it? Yeah. Oh, garbage. <laughs> Jeez. You like Roland? I do love him now that he's level 10. You might uh, go down a few levels. I'd like to see you try. Roland's too fast. He's too quick. He's the fastest turtle in the West. <gasps> <laughs> All right, continue on with the Medusa complex. <laughs> Anyways, we were making a deal with the leader, and we had specified, because she wanted to see the fancy magic sword that Hunter had. And the crown. And the crown. And we said, okay, you can see them, but you can't tell anyone other than this other person. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, fine, okay, whatever. She was too excited, and um, I can't remember what we specified what I have in my notes is, yes, she was not allowed to discuss or reveal knowledge about that we have the crown and really just talk about it in public. But while we were traveling through the town, she was getting pissed off at us. No, she was excited. She, yeah. Yeah. She was excited. Information. Yeah, so she starts shouting about the crown as we're walking down the street and technically was overheard breaking the deal that she made so what happened oh. is i as the dm was just talking a little bit too loud and they're like bah, 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 bah. hey she's saying that and i'm just like she would be whispering but I, I i'll roll a d d4 and if i get a one no one hears or blah 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 blah. and i roll a d4 and i get like a four so like three different people heard and ugh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we got him <laughs> and come to find out this lady was actually a devil mm-hmm. yeah so she, um... the fact that we outsmarted this devil is still one of my proudest moments yeah was... oh. i'm not very smart fiddle? did they get a golden medal golden fiddle a golden fiddle uh, oh, I man. Wish we, did. we didn't specify that yeah then they weren't in georgia so it doesn't count I just remembered that in all of our equipment that we lost, my bagpipes were in there. And I'm oh. proficient in bagpipes. Absolutely devastated. Worst moment. <laughs> I still like to think that Strider would have loved to grab those bagpipes and leave everything else behind. I wouldn't have even faulted him. <laughs> I can get a new spellcasting focus, it's fine. Man, can you imagine just a group of adventurers walking around hell? And one of them is just playing Only the bagpipe. That would have that would have um, been funny. Is there any memorable characters that you guys have had in any of your campaigns? Ooh. Yes. That very first campaign I ever played, um, the DM gave us like like an NPC that he played, like a DM playable character, yeah. just to help us out because it was both our first time ever playing, and his name was Squirrel the Third, and Squirrel. he was mute. Oh gosh. That's such a smart way to do a player, a DMPC. Oh my gosh, yeah. just make it so they can't talk. So then your players aren't like, what would you want to do? <laughs> but we, we loved this character so much. 
and the friend I was playing with rolled a nat one on her, I think it was a magic missile, mm-hmm. and killed him in oh. one hit. We oh, were no. devastated. We had to end the session early because we were so sad. One and we had, like, ahead, banded together to raise all this money to send Squirrel home to his family. And then she oh, just killed him. Oh, no. If it oh, was what? magic missile, you want to know the extremely sad part about that? I can't miss. Magic missile automatically hits. I don't think it was magic missile. Okay. It was guiding bolt. It was okay. guiding bolt. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. sheesh. Magic yeah. spells. We can talk about those later. Hunter and I feel like I feel bad for Hunter and Haley. I don't feel like I've really been able to tell as good of a story as I would have liked with you guys. So we're really working on that now is really building up the story and where it's I going. Was- so. I'll say you may not enjoy or think you're doing a good job, but I've been enjoying the sessions lately. That's so. good. They're, they, so they're, they've I, been a lot better. I will 100% say that. We need to just stop getting so distracted during our sessions. That's and true. Be more consistent like every Dungeons and Dragons campaign problem, I think. True. Yeah. True. But, Hunter, do you have a favorite NPC? Favorite NPC? Oh. It's Zock, obviously. Zock. 100%. Honestly, to, to be completely honest, yes, he is somewhat annoying to me. I mean, Strider hates his guts. Um, but I'll say it's kind of fun to have. We're in this abysmal place called Hell. You might have heard of it. Um, <laughs> we haven't mentioned it at, at all, you know? Yeah, no, no, we haven't talked about it at all. And then we've got this little imp with us that has unfortunately basically been bound to us to lead us out of it hell. It is not unfortunately. It is I love him. You love him. I, I somewhat do as a person. He's Strider the guy out of him. hell. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I do find him pretty entertaining and it's... I, I just find it hilarious that we've got this dude cracking jokes and coming up with puns as we're walking through. And now you have Sis, the oh, no, demon version of Zok. Yeah, we have, we have no bond to him, so I might just kill him. We'll oh, see. I'd be so sad. He didn't do anything wrong. So we have a friendship bond, Hunter. What are you talking about? He literally about? likes you because you hate Zok. But I hate him too, so he can suck it up. <laughs> Sam and Kendall, do you guys have a, like a favorite NPC? Ooh, it's... Mop Kid. Yeah, I was gonna say Mop, Mop Kid, but then I was like, and eh, that's kind of a Sam answer. Mop Kid. <laughs> Can we explain Mop Kid real fast? Please, Please do. do. So, so the same. Oh, go, you go. You go, Sam. You go. You go. You go. So the boat that we were talking about earlier, we needed a crew. Actually, Brayden, you could probably explain it better. Okay, yeah. You're more eloquent with words. I'll so let you do it. we'll go. We'll go. You know, remember how we were talking about the uh, play, the player who had a war in the bathroom with the devil and had the worst Charlie horse known to man. So mm-hmm. he was he was an old player in some of the campaigns and all that stuff. So he was visiting from out of town. And we were like, hey, come hang out and play with us. He played with us for a little bit uh, for one week. And then he invented this character because his old character wasn't in because he was at the very beginning of the campaign. And it was just a little boy with a mop and joined the crew. That has become the player's favorite character, Mop Kid. No matter what happens, it's like, oh, no, Mob Kid. Like, they're not even on the ocean anymore. And they're like, oh, I wonder how Mob Kid is. Or Mob Kid gets brought up somehow. And Mob Kid would have loved this. (laughs) It's hilarious. And it's such a, it's a D&D trope where a DM will create a character that really doesn't matter. It's just kind of there for just quick little filling in places. And then immediately, it is the Boblin the Goblin of your guys' group is Mob Kid. We love him. And you will have to murder him. 
Shut Yay. up. Yep. Another kid <laughs> that gets murdered in one of our campaigns. I feel a trend coming on. Bring, oh, no. Do you just say hate kids? I, I I guess I do. I don't know why. Are you a child hater? No, I can't wait to have kids. Aww. I was going to say I love kids, but I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we don't want that out of context. <laughs> Not with Sound of Freedom that just came out. So Mop Kid is just Sam's favorite character, more than his own. If I had to choose, I would kill my character over Mop Kid. Oh. Holy cow. Good to know. He's that important. Good to know. He's secretly Dan Wandy. He's just doing that thing that millionaires sometimes do. Oh, that's do another hilarious like thing. Yeah. Person. That's Dan so... We've, we've made like the uh, like modern corporations like McDonald's, Wendy's, all this different stuff. We've like incorporated them into the world. We've, McDonald's is the magician's cuisine. Uh, Wendy's is Wandy's. And um, Roland, Sam's character, went to go investigate a little bit more about Wandy's kind of just as a joke. And I was like, oh, there's nothing in a library about Wandy's. And why would there not be? Like, it's an organization, so there probably has to be some record of it. But there was no record, and I didn't think anything of it. And Sam was just like, it's a secret organization. It's a drug front. Like, just this whole thing. Front. And his character is now on this quest to figure out who the owner, Dan Wandy, is. And just get him out, you know? And it's just this complete joke that just was now fully invested into the campaign. Um, Kendall, who's your favorite NPC? Mm. And why is it ever read? Your boyfriend. It's not everyone. <laughs> um, I think Nirkov. Nirkov? Nirkov, yeah. Nirkov is like just a general bad A. And he like every time we're with him, he just does something insanely cool. And I just I love the guy. So Nirkov is just a giant Minotaur. Yeah. Who he's he's a priest of Minstra, right? The High Kira, which is the what Hi I call Kira. the the priest in my world of Mistra. Which is yeah. the the goddess of the of magic and knowledge and that stuff. So, and so he's really cool. He is. Um. So for example, this is the most recent example. We were being hunted by the king's guards because we told people that we saw a dragon, and the king didn't want that because mass panic, and that means that this big bat is coming back. And so we were put in this room by this higher up from the king and the high advisor was... to the king like the the right hand man Je yeah. de la cour. we were in a room with him and he was basically saying i'm either gonna arrest you or kill you like those are your two options and nirkov was in there with us and out of nowhere he just knocks him out clean and then it was just like you guys better go and it was the coolest thing ever oh i love nirkov he's so cool killed him by the way Oh, yeah, he you killed learned. him. He didn't knock him out. Mm -hmm. Killed the high advisor to the king so that they could uh, live. It's fantastic, and I'm excited for uh, the consequences that will come from that. <laughs> I think well, that's all that... <laughs> Go ahead. Any, any, any last uh, memorable thoughts? We're, we're an hour and 12 minutes in, so we probably should wrap up this episode. But any other memorable things that can be told relatively quick? I got nothing. Yeah, I don't have anything. I mean, we could probably talk about this for hours and hours. D&D uh, oh, &D yeah. is full of just memorable and awesome moments that you will be telling jokes outside of D&D. We make jokes about our D&D campaigns when we're hanging out like outside of a D&D uh, campaign and all that stuff. And it's and it's been really fun. And these are moments that will stick for you, even though they seem silly at first and they're in your imagination, but they're going to stick with you for the rest of your life. That's the reason why we love D&D is for all this memorable, all these memorable moments. Um, mm. So thank you all for listening. 
We really appreciate it. Like we really, really do. So make sure if you're not, you go follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Tavern Wall. And then if you want to shoot us a message, beyond the tavern wall at gmail.com. We would love that. Hunter shot me a message the other day and um I forgot what he said. Um rude. I deleted it. It was like one word. I think it was Joe Mama or something. Oh yeah, it was it was Joe Mama from Candace. So if you don't shoot me that, please, because I'll just delete it right away. If you have like any questions or comments, you can shoot there. And the or best do. way to share or do you do you homies. I don't care. The best way to share this uh, podcast is by word of mouth. Go tell your friends, go tell your family. If you've enjoyed it, you know, they will too. Um, and today, what, what should we, what's the uh, thing we should have? Who are the people we should have them tell today? We had Vans last episode. Anyone who bought Starbucks within the last 48 hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good no. one. If you bought Starbucks within the last 48 hours, you need Hashtag to share this podcast. Sponsored. Hashtag Sponsor make your us. own coffee. Yes. <laughs> Sponsor us. You'll save so much money. <laughs> we were just there goes our sponsor but thank you guys so I much let it happen like comment share do whatever you can i don't know what the spotify and apple podcast music world is but thank you guys so much we appreciate you and have a great rest of your night evening morning or whenever you're listening